Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Hey, glad you're with us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We have good, bad, and crazy news for conservatives today. And Jim, let's start with the good. We've been kind of racking our brains for a number of days and weeks on a couple of stories here and why certain people haven't faced any accountability yet. And it looks like they're going to. Uh, Yesterday, Sam Bankman-Fried reportedly arrested in the Bahamas. They're now working out the extradition issues to uh, bring him back to face the music for not only just the collapse of FTX, but defrauding a lot of the investors into FTX. And so Bankman-Fried is going to be charged with wire fraud, wire fraud conspiracy, securities fraud, securities fraud conspiracy, and money laundering, according uh, to the New York Times, all to the tune of nearly $2 billion. Meanwhile, Sam Brinton, the non-binary Department of Energy nuclear waste expert, is no longer the Department of Energy nuclear waste expert after two charges, felony charges, mind you, of stealing other people's luggage at airports in Minneapolis and Las Vegas, respectively. He is no longer an employee of the Department of Energy. And so, Jim, uh, at a time when it's easy to get cynical and, hey, if you got the right politics, then uh, maybe the consequences aren't going to be that tough. It looks like uh, we can have a little bit of faith restored in the system right now, at least on these two stories. Well, I was going to say, Greg, we now have an answer to the question of how many times do you need to get caught stealing luggage (laughs) before you no longer can be in charge of monitoring nuclear waste for the Biden administration? The answer is two. The first one's a freebie. They'll let it go. It's okay. Could happen to anybody. You know, how many times have people gone, haven't we all engaged in a little bit of stealing of luggage from airport car sales? Because... Greg, you think about it, of all the kinds of forms of theft, you imagine your notorious debonair cat burglar who's stealing jewels from museums or masterminding the robbery of a casino like Ocean's Eleven. Sure, you could do that stuff, but isn't it a lot cooler and more fun to just walk off with somebody else's luggage and hope there's something good in there? Honestly, (laughs) I think that's the crazy. Never mind his wardrobe, never mind his lifestyle. That's the craziest thing he actually did, that he actually seemed to enjoy this form of theft. Uh, but more seriously, onto the Bankman Freed indictment. We've seen a lot of, you know, good movies and miniseries about, you know, giant fraudsters and how they got away with it and their shamelessness and their nerve and how they eluded those who would, you know, were supposed to catch them doing these sorts of things. Sam Bankman Freed is going to win somebody an Oscar someday. Uh, he'll probably ask for a portion of of the proceeds or something like that. He's that shameless. Uh, if you you know, it's not often I say you've got to read these legal documents, but the declaration of bankruptcy of FTX was pretty you know eye popping. The pointing out the you know expenses approved through the use of emojis and text messages and things like that. But this one, the indictment, just stinging, just blistering. Quote: Bankman Freed was orchestrating a massive years long fraud diverting billions of dollars of the trading platform's customer funds for his own personal benefit and to help grow his crypto empire. It goes on, throughout this period, Bankman Freed portrayed himself as a responsible leader of the crypto community. He touted the importance of regulation and accountability. He told the public, including investors, that FTX was both innovative and responsible. Customers around the world believed his lies and sent billions of dollars to FTX, believing their assets were secure on the FTX trading platform. But from the start, Bankman Freed improperly diverted customer assets to his privately held crypto hedge fund, Alameda Research LLC, 
and then use those customer funds to make undisclosed venture investments, lavish real estate purchases, and large political donations. If you know somebody, yeah, by the way, every single person who's taken a dime from Bankman Freed should be either giving it back or donating an, an equivalent amount to charity. This this guy was fraud from the very beginning. So probably, oh, yeah, we're still in the very early chapters of all this. We should point out, uh, Greg, that this guy is an alleged scumbag, not yet a proven <laughs> scumbag. Although it seems pretty clear to me. Um, and that, you know, like, you know, I think the trial is going to be fascinating. Allegedly, he was supposed to testify in Capitol Hill. And I did see Lee Zeldin arguing that this indictment was somehow getting Bankman freed off the hook uh, of being grilled by the by Congress. Look, I don't think the indictment counts as a <laughs> that's not that's out of the frying pan and into the fire. But apparently he did release like the written statement and it was going to begin with, you know, I'd like to declare under oath that I blanked up. And there's a certain you could almost see the gears turning in his head. This idea of I look contrite and shameless enough, maybe I'll avoid some of the consequences. I don't think that's going to happen. So a uh, double barreled bit of good news to uh, start this Tuesday. Yeah, no doubt about it. A couple of thoughts on this real quick. Uh, first of all, it looked really bad on the SBF front yesterday because there was some statement from the committee uh, that he was supposed to testify before that his lawyers just weren't going to accept any subpoenas uh, aimed at him. And so that seemed to be... Uh, I'm another, busy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I, really I, in demand these days. Overbooked. Overbooked, yeah. Booked is a is a good word now. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, and There's then a the line set. from uh, "Thank you for smoking." Well, the committee <laughs> sent me this invitation. It's called a subpoena. <laughs> and then on Sam Britton front, Jim, obviously, uh, you know, whatever consequences come with the stealing of the luggage is what uh, is what needs to come. But this is a good lesson for the rest of us. Don't dawdle getting to baggage. I don't know. That there's that many times that the baggage is already spinning around before I get there. I mean, if you got kids with you and they're tired and you got to you know, three or four of them have to use the bathroom or something, you know, you can get behind schedule a little bit, but you should have at least somebody down there when the baggage carousel starts just just to avoid confusion because, you know, you know, 95% of people have black suitcases. So you just need to have somebody there uh, to keep an eye on things. And so uh, Britain needs to pay for what he did, but uh, it's also a good lesson for the rest of us. Look, it's a dangerous world, people. There are criminals, there are cartels, there are kleptomaniacs, and there are Biden administration officials out there. You got to be, you know, worry about each one of those groups. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, on to our great new sponsor now, Rocket Money. If you want to protect your money, step one: don't give any of it to Sam Bankman-Fried. Number two: watch out for inflation. Hint, hint for second martini. But if you do want to manage your budget better and save money, Rocket Money—the best hack to your finances in 2023. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It also monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Turns out that like 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about. That streaming service you bought to watch just one show on or that free trial you never even used. Well, Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. There's a lot of things on your mind and on your plate right now. Let Rocket Money take care of some of these things that are wasting your money. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash martini. Rocketmoney.com slash martini. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash martini. All right, Jim, on to our bad martini now. And this uh, issue has certainly been worse over time. Uh, inflation. Inflation uh, certainly got to its worst point in more than 40 years, uh, not that long ago, earlier this year. And things have 
gotten a little bit better in terms of the the growth of inflation. It's slowed down. In fact, in the month of November, it just ticked up by 0.1%. So hopefully we're leveling off. The question is, at what point we're going to start ticking down. You don't want to rapidly go down and cause deflation. That That's not good for the economy either. But you do want to consistently head in that direction to ease back uh, the, the price hikes that we're all suffering from right now. And so the bad martini here is not necessarily uh, where the inflation rate is overall, although it's, it's bad. Uh, it's still up 7.1% from last year. And inflation was already trucking pretty good at this point last year. Uh, but the spin you're going to be hearing from the administration and elsewhere that the problem is solved. Janet Yellen saying it's going to be all over by the end of next year. We'll see about that. Uh, so it could be a lot worse. But the idea that now the problem is over is just wrong. But unfortunately, this administration and their media allies are going to try and convince us otherwise. Yeah, I could see someone saying, oh, yeah, it's 7.1% year over year. Why isn't that good news? Well, look, it's good that it's lower than last month's 77 uh, it's good that it's below the 9.1% it was earlier this year. It's good that it came in a little bit lower than expectations. I think expectations were 7.3, 7.4, somewhere in there. That's, you know, like, yeah, that's all nice. But this was still, if we were in January, 7.1% would still be the highest for 40 years. So we are very gradually and very slowly declining. Earlier this week, Janet Yellen was saying that she thinks, well, you know, probably by the end of 2023, the inflation crisis will have ended. One more year of this? I write about this in today's Morning Jolt. And I point out that you know, you're, you're being asked to compare figures for this month compared to a few months ago. And that's why the Biden team will be breaking out the party hats later this day. I don't think that tells the whole story. And I think if you look at the historical perspective, as I said, with the last 40 years, that's actually, this is still a really bad number. It's a very similar story on gas prices, which obviously are a component, not the whole story, but it's a piece of the puzzle when you look at inflation. Yes, you know, the New York Times reported a couple of days ago, the average price of a gallon of gasoline regular across the country is five cents lower than it was uh, a year ago. Woo! You know, this is another seen as another major accomplishment. And yes, that's good. Uh, let's say you want to throw out 2020 because of COVID-19, you know, altering people's behavior. But that year was 215. Year before that, 256. Year before that, 242. Year before that, 248. Year before that, 223. And in 2015, it was 203. So we're used to saying, paying, eh, you know, 2, 250, something like that. We're being asked to celebrate that it's a 323. It's not that much of an improvement. It's still really bad by historical period, you know, uh, standards. And the administration wants to get credit and wants to convince you you're doing great because things are a little bit less worse than they were a few months ago. Please don't let yourself get fooled. Please don't find, you know, like it just strikes me as just such a, you know, like it's lame spin and it shouldn't work. I'll be curious to see if it does. Yeah, it's uh, one of these things where we, we've talked about this before. It, it took off with such a start uh, late last year and into the early part of this year that uh, the growth in inflation now is going to be smaller than it was then. So the overall year-over-year number is going to look lower. The month-to-month number is a little bit encouraging, I would say, but that's the one you got to watch more carefully because just because it's not going up as much as it did a year ago when it was going up at insane levels, you can't be celebrating that. So uh, be careful how this story gets reported today. All right, if you have a little extra money in your pocket, a great place to spend it this holiday season is with Omaha Steaks, especially with the phenomenal deal that you're getting there right now, 50% off site-wide, plus another $40 off with our code MARTINI. And I cannot tell you how delicious these steaks are. They're tender, they're juicy, 
They taste fantastic. Whatever you order in your crate, you're going to love, and it's going to be a great bargain. Omaha steaks are naturally aged for the ultimate in tenderness, juiciness, and flavor. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so you should shop early and beat that shipping rush. And remember, it's all backed by an unconditional 100% money-back guarantee. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you are ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com to save 50% site-wide, and then use the promo code MARTINI at checkout to get an extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. OmahaSteaks.com, promo code Martini at checkout. OmahaSteaks.com, code Martini. All right, Jim, on to our crazy Martini now, and it's deja vu all over again. It looks like the Democrats are coalescing around Joe Biden right now for 2024, since the Democrats didn't get wiped out in the midterms. That whole behind-the-scenes strategy had to get shelved because... Well, the Democrats did better than expected. So it seems like fewer people are interested in running for the Democratic nomination right now. And I think that includes Bernie Sanders, because everybody we're hearing now uh, is talking about uh, not running if Biden does. And I think that's still the case with Bernie Sanders. But Jim, it's crazy anyway, because uh, Faiz Shakir, who is the top advisor for Bernie Sanders, says that if Biden does not run, he suspects that Bernie will take a very hard look at the 2024 campaign. Meaning, Jim, that Biden will be deciding not to run at age 82 and Sanders at age 83 will be going, you know, maybe the third time's the charm. So uh, a lot of ifs in this story so far, Jim. But the idea that an 83-year-old Bernie Sanders could be running for the presidency again, wow. I suppose it could be possible that this is just the ultimate illustration of if you are a political figure and you've not said definitively that you're not running for president, if someone asks, the correct answer is, I'm thinking about it, because this means everyone gives a little more attention to you. You might get mentioned in those, you know, potential contenders for the coming cycle type articles. And or, you know, it makes people pay a little more attention every time you announce you have a big speech. They, oh, is this the announcement? Oh, is, is he going to announce this an interview? Ooh, you know, um, I don't think Bernie Sanders is going to run for president. I think Biden has made very clear he intends to run for another term. And the idea of the one man in our politics who can make Joe Biden look young uh, being the alternative Democratic nominee just seems just astonishingly uh, unrealistic. Sanders would not just be running against the Republican uh, challenger. He'd be running against the actuarial tables. And it just seems kind of, you know, the geritocracy or whatever you want to call this rule by extraordinary elders uh, it, I don't think it's good for the country. I think it represents almost an inability for baby boomers and that related generation to kind of you know, people of that age to, you know, step off the stage and pass the torch to younger generations. It is um, kind of absurd that that Sanders well into his 80s remains the kind of influential figure that he is. But he is. I think this shouldn't be taken that seriously. But if it is, it's a sign that something has gone terribly wrong in our politics. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, if Trump is the nominee, then you've got uh, two geriatrics uh, in that situation. If it's DeSantis, there's a 37-year age gap between Sanders and uh, DeSantis. And of course, if it's Biden, it's a 36-year age gap. And I don't know the the biggest age gap between major party nominees, but I would have to suggest that that's probably uh, the winner. If And if not, it's very, very close. So, uh, But I would say that Bernie Sanders is more with it than the president. 
Uh, I mean, he's old, and who knows what he would be like. Uh, <laughs> not the for, highest bar to clear, but yes. Not the, hi- yes. Not the highest bar to clear, but uh, if you ask him a question, you're not going to like the answer to any Correct. question you ask him, but he is going to comprehend the question and be able to give you a, a sentence that includes nouns and verbs and so forth. So, But that, that way, we should have a higher bar to clear than that, though, as well. So uh, I don't know if we'll see Bernie in 2024. It seems like Biden is clear in the field, but uh, that would be something if an 83-year-old Bernie Sanders was in the field. But uh, like I said, a lot of ifs. In the meantime, Jim, have a great day. We'll do it again tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Do subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Tell your friends about us as well. Thanks for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please keep them coming. Get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Buy Jim's brand new book, Gathering Five Storms, and the accompanying short story, Saving the Devil. Have a great Tuesday, and join us again on Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch.